Check out divorcingadults.com, store.divorcingadults.com, follow on podcasting platforms, subscribe on Rumble and YouTube, follow on Twitter and LinkedIn. Hi, my name is Vanessa and today's video slash podcasts are going to be about a very interesting documentary I recently watched and can't quite get out of my head called The Way Down, God, Greed, and the Cult of Gwen Shamblin. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Anyways, I am doing this because there is a specific section on this very lengthy docu documentary, docu-series, I guess you call it. It's about three episodes long is what I watched. And it focuses on religion, this alleged cult, a lot of different allegations in it. And I'm going to show the trailer of it, but, and just some of the highlights, probably just a few minutes out of the multiple hours I watched to give an overview of it. So this is kind of like a recap commentary review of it. I'd say overall, I just found it really interesting and I'll go into why, but the real reason I'm covering it is because the topic of family court was brought up multiple times by multiple people interviewed for this docuseries. And I felt that was very worth bringing up um, because it's just such an interesting take on it. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen now and go ahead and play the initial trailer. Deposition of Gwen Shamblin on May the 23rd. Do you swear or affirm testimony about to give in this matter? Be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. To your knowledge, do any of the members of the Roman Fellowship consider you to be a prophet? When Gwen first started, I truly believed she really wanted to help people. She was so charismatic. God revealed to me that the key to permanent weight control is a matter of the heart. God's taken 86 pounds off of me. I lost 196 pounds. It was just a massive media hit. Thousands of churches all over the country would have the way down workshops. From that point on, she began realizing it needs to be a new church. It is extremely unusual to have a religion just group led by a woman. There are men who are elders of the entire church. But the truth of the matter is, I don't believe that Gwen is accountable to anybody. That's the reason I call her Gwen Almighty. She's going to decide whether you make it to heaven or not. How members of Remnant behave is a bit like Handmaid's Tale and Stepford Wives. They want you to be clones of them. It's all about appearances. Across the Bible, that's all sideshow. It's about money, prestige, power. That's her holy trinity. She's just playing God. It's wrecking families. It's wrecking kids. The church didn't lead me in the damn right direction. The church was leading me to go hang myself in my own closet. You talk to your kids about drugs and alcohol, but you never think to coach your kids on the cult. Remnant Fellowship is now part of a murder investigation. The child's death put the focus on how the Remnant Fellowship taught its members to discipline their children. There's no telling what actually did go down, but I firmly believe that they did whatever Gwen told them to do. Got a child that's going from bizarre down to in control. So I'll praise God. To me, the devil is a myth. But I've met Gwen Shamlin and she's real. Okay, so that was the official trailer on HBO Max, which is where I watched this entire docuseries. I'm not sure if it's exclusive to HBO Max. I think it is, but I'm not 100% on that. But whatever the case, I'm Christian non-denominational. And the reason I tell you that is because of the fact that I'm very interested in fundamentalist, <clears throat> religious, Christianity type groups that focus on in any way, shape or form, 
Christian anything. I find these groups to be endlessly fascinating. And so this particular docuseries really kept me on my toes. I really watched it very quickly. I binge watched it. And then I became even more interested in it because it mentioned family court, which obviously I'm very interested in. So there were many people in this church that mentioned family court and the involvement of this group allegedly in their family court matters. And I actually want to talk specifically about some of those things that were mentioned. And I'm going to go ahead and show you the very specific clips right now. I have it all mapped out basically as to uh, which is which. But if you've watched this, I would love to hear from you to see, you know, what were your thoughts? How did you feel about it? Um, did you like it? Did you not like it? Had you heard of this group before? These are all kinds of things that I would be interested to hear because I had never heard it. I, well, I take that back. I think I did hear about this group a while ago, actually, um, but just did not pay it any attention because there's just so much noise in the world. And... Yeah, I just don't think I really even had it on my radar until HBO picked up the story. My daughter was born in November 29th, 2010. That's the best day of my life. That's the best day of my life. Okay, so that is the first clip. And basically that introduces you to a woman whose name I don't recall right off the top of my head. But she is basically the um, person who is the ex to the man that married the female leader of the group. And she ends up embroiled in a lengthy custody battle, which she describes as very painful and time-consuming and expensive. And I think these are things that people that are involved in lengthy family court um, custody disputes or battles of any kind could relate to more likely than not. And I was really just surprised by the number of people in this documentary that specifically were mentioning uh, family court issues and, and talking about this in relation to this uh, group that they were somehow connected to or someone in their family or someone they used to be um, connected to or affiliated with or being in a relationship where we're connected to essentially. So here's the next clip I want to show. He was a handyman and belonged to a networking group locally that turned him on to the church. And then he met Gwen Shamblin. She's a very wealthy woman. Okay, so the um, context here is basically they're giving a backstory about how these two people, the man and the woman Gwen, met. And kind of how, based upon this person's perspective that's telling the story about her family court experience, how this kind of plays into it. There is several spoiler alerts on this. So if you don't haven't watched this and don't want to know kind of how it ends, I suggest that you tune out before you get to the end of this video because I can guarantee you the last few minutes basically tell how the story ends because it's, it's relevant and it's extremely shocking and interesting to me how the whole thing ended. But there are a number of 
fractured families and people detailing um, their lives, the darkness in their lives, and basically connecting it to what they feel, you know, due to this religious group is basically what they're saying. And so it's very interesting. They have a number of cult experts as well um, that they feature on this docuseries. I love hearing from cult experts and hearing from a lot of them lately. So I don't know if they're becoming trendy to talk about or what the deal is. Okay, so here is the next clip. Somebody is backing her because she did not have that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money. At my age, I am not able to go get a job. Okay, so that's a man who was sharing his story basically about um, his own marriage ending and his experiences with family court in his area. And it's all connected back to this religious group and the experiences that each one of these individuals had. And it's extremely interesting. And I haven't heard anything quite like that before. Um so if you want the full context, I encourage you to watch the entire docuseries. It's definitely, there's a lot of heartbreak with these different individuals sharing their stories. And they definitely um, were impacted by, you know, this religious group they feel that they were is what they're communicating. And of course, these are all allegations and even HBO um, details that their producers do. So that's something to keep in mind, and that will be shown at the end of the docuseries, the statements on that. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and share this clip. Yeah. Messages are kept short, but basically I want to see you. Let's meet. When can we meet? Always brought over a bottle of Jack Daniels. Had already been consuming alcohol. It was always evident. I could see the pain in his eyes as you revealed the lies of his mom. The fact that he was in a loveless marriage. He had to perform his own duties to please his mom. He told me that. He was so angry, he would shoot at the church at night sometimes. I remember telling myself, I hope my child is never in that place for the day that he loses it. When I felt strong enough to leave, I texted Michael and I said, you tell your mom to stop with the legal fight. Otherwise, everything comes out. Things begin to turn. Fortunately, after. Okay, so that clip was a little bit longer than what I intended to show. Um, I meant to show only 20 seconds, showed a little bit longer. Basically, that was a woman expressing her own dealings with the religious organization and wanting to exit it. And she also mentioned her family court experience and. Um, custody disputes and was basically trying to explain how she was able to close the chapter in her life related to that. And this all goes back to this group that some people call a church, some people call a cult. Um, I'm calling a religious group. And one thing I want to point out to you is that I just noticed that 
pretty much any religious groups to be considered controversial. I mean, there are so many controversies around various religious organizations, some of which are the largest in the world um, and the largest in America. And so I'm not judging a specific religious group by sharing this information about this documentary. I'm simply just talking about basically family court, as it's mentioned in this docuseries, and also the religious um, component and the component of people talking about cults inside of this docuseries, because I think the intersection of the two are endlessly fascinating. And in any parenting plan that I've ever seen that I know to exist, um, at least in the state of Florida, and you know it's even mentioned in this docuseries, you're going to have a who gets to decide or whether or not both parents get to decide the religion of the child. And so this docuseries is really relevant to that because a lot of this conflict seems to be driven by what religion are the children going to be raised in? And if you have one parent that wants one religion or no religion and another parent that wants, you know, one religion, a different religion, then obviously you want to have a tremendous amount of conflict. And so it's just interesting to see this play out in this docuseries because the issue keeps coming up over and over and over again related to family court as well as custody disputes based upon what these people are stating. And it's clear it's because of um, ideological, theological, religious differences, essentially, in how they want to raise their children, essentially. So very unique, <laughs> unique um, to be able to see this on film because I haven't seen this perspective on film before. But it is an issue that comes up in co-parents' lives all the time. And it can be a very contentious issue, that's for sure. So I am going to go ahead and get to the next clip here, which will be just a second. And it gets real ugly and real messy real fast. I've paid over easy $200,000 in defense of myself, and it's gotten me nowhere. And that finalized my decision that I'm done with lawyers and I'm going to represent myself. I'm working four jobs right now. And at the same time, I've been practicing, I've been reading, I've been becoming a lawyer in the last year. And now I'm up against not just the father anymore. I'm up against Gwen Shamblin. I'm up against Ernie, also has represented many other remnant men whose wives have left. They're happy to take care of those legal fees. Okay, so that clip basically showed one of the relatives of a member, one of the alleged relatives of an alleged member of the religious group talking about um, their relative and expressing concern about whether or not they have children with the person they married inside of the church. And if that could end up devolving into a custody dispute because their relatives say hypothetically may want to leave in the future. And then uh, there ends up being a dispute about the child's religious values, theological ideologies, and who is raising them to believe what exactly. And this is a fundamental issue in all parenting plans that I'm aware of, at least in the state of Florida, you know, it's an issue, it's listed right alongside healthcare decisions and, 
you know, uh, what schools they go to and on and on. And a decision has to be made whether or not both co-parents will agree on those decisions and make them jointly or whether or not just one parent will make that decision. And this is something that's a contentious issue that keeps showing up in this docuseries. Also, the lady that's shown um, who's in the primary segment of that She's talking about her own very expensive, very time-consuming custody battle. Um, she expresses how much money she spends and how she didn't feel that it was worth it or got her anywhere with the lawyers. She ended up representing herself as a pro se litigant. I have so much respect for people that are pro se litigants. And our country as a whole is not from, uh, friendly to pro se litigants in the American legal system. And that absolutely needs to change. Fortunately, in the state of Florida, they have the Florida Help app, which I did a video slash podcast on just recently, which is very pro se friendly. And they also have help centers and the clerks of certain courts have even put together DIY self-help videos for family court in the state of Florida in certain uh, certain areas. Um, I watched one of them. It was pretty lengthy, very cool, very good information in that. And that was unique to Florida, something I haven't seen before. And I haven't seen that in many of the other locations I've lived in throughout the U.S., um, and so this woman, though, you know, she expressed she's working multiple jobs, high stress, uh, lengthy litigation and family court with this custody dispute, um, explaining her experiences with, you know, having to be against even just hypothetically, if you're up against, you know, lawyers uh, and someone with a lot of money with for lawyers that the opposing person doesn't have. And so they represent themselves. I mean, in the American legal system, the way it's designed, people are going to be a distinct disadvantage for that. And so, you know, that's something that really does need to change across the entire nation where people can be on equal footing, choose to have a lawyer if they want, but not absolutely need one. And uh, unfortunately the entire, you know, American legal system is very lawyer focused. Now, Florida seems to be a lot more pro se friendly. Um, and that's something I am super grateful for. And I want to see that continuing to be the trajectory in Florida and all over the country so that people don't have to spend wild amounts of money trying to resolve their issues, whatever those issues may be. And it could be anything. Okay. So this is the definitely spoiler, spoiler alert that if you um, haven't seen this and don't don't want to know the ending that you should absolutely tune out for right now because this is definitely going to um, tell you the ending, basically. And if you don't want to know about it, you should definitely tune out. So basically, the way the story ends is that the most of the religious leaders end up passing away in a plane crash. And that includes Gwen and her husband. Um and so the woman who talked about all the money and the time that she spent fighting in her child custody case, well, that I'm, sh I'm sh sure came to an abrupt ending because the parent, the other parent she was fighting against, um, the, the father of the child is now deceased. And it was an unexpected ending for me because I, I did not. know the whole story. This is a story that has been covered extensively in media, extensively um, really all over the place. If you just go, if you 
you search in your browser about this, you'll find out exactly. So I was not up on the story though. I was seeing kind of 50% when I'm watching TV shows and stuff, but this was something that was so um, surprising to me that I, I thought, you know what, this is something I'm going to have to take some notes on because I, I really was struck by this docuseries. I think that you, I'm going to go ahead and, and here we go. 10 o'clock this morning, heading to Palm Lake. We know those seven passengers are presumed dead and they are leaders of Remnant Fellowship. Those leaders are Joe Laura and Gwen Shamblin Laura. Early church leaders, David and Jennifer Martin, along with Jonathan and Jessica Walters were also on the plane. And finally, Gwen Shamblin Laura's son-in-law, Brandon Hanna. Gwen Shamblin Laura also created the controversial Way Down Workshop. Her husband, Joe, is presumed to have been the pilot. Now investigators are turning their attention to the plane, the pilot's experience, and the conditions when it crashed Saturday shortly after takeoff in Smyrna. Okay, so that was how the story ended, basically, with the docuseries. This is the episode three. And, you know, it was surprised by that. Didn't see it coming at all. Um, but that's how it ended. So, anyways, this is the final remarks, which I'm actually going to read. Okay, it says the producers initially made contact with Remnant Fellowship, its leaders and ex-leaders, in January 2021, inviting them numerous times over the course of eight months to respond directly to the various allegations made by interviewees during the course of filming. It states further, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm reading this to make sure you can hear it. Um, if you're watching the video, you can see the statements on the screen that I'm sharing. It says on September 14th, 2021, two weeks before the documentary series was due to air, the church finally issued a formal statement. The statement read reads in part, and this is the part of the statement, and it's in quotes. It says, Remnant Fellowship categorically denies the absurd defamatory statements and accusations made in this documentary. Our Christian beliefs, like hundreds of other churches in the United States, are Bible-based, and our church is a place based on love, care, mercy, and kindness shown to people from all walks of life, end quote. Now, I said before, and I'll say again, you know, the bottom line is that uh, religious groups as a whole in America, from what I've seen, are extremely controversial um, to include Christianity, you know, from what I've seen, and there's all different types of groups that practice all different kinds of ways. And, you know, not everyone's going to agree with it. And that's really it. But this docuseries was of interest to me because of the intersection of religion and family court, um, based upon the presentation of information that I saw. Okay. So here's another quote, part of the statement that was released children are happy and healthy being raised with the most love care support and protection imaginable thousands have said that their lives have benefited from the mere christianity message of remnant fellowship and the way down ministries 
but we know that there is no one message that can ever please everyone. As any other church, Remnant Fellowship operates under all U.S. guidelines and laws. Okay, and then it further states, to read the full statement from Remnant Fellowship, visit hbo.com backslash documentaries backslash the dash way dash down. So that's where you can go to find more information about that if you want to read the rest of their statement. Whatever the case, um, I found it interesting, as I said before, because of the intersection between family court and religion here. These are two topics that definitely interest me. As I said, I love to hear about um, different ways that different people and different groups across America are practicing Christianity, essentially in all of its different ways. There's many different groups out there that believe many different things that many people may not agree with and don't agree with. Um, and so have you watched the docuseries? What did you think of it? Have you ever heard of this group before? Had you seen a lot of news coverage about it? I had not. And I just recently started looking into the religious group and um, reading and watching information about it online. And then, of course, this docuseries as well. So I was really, I just really was, um, you know, impacted, I guess you could say, by the docuseries. And just wondering what everyone else's thoughts are on it. Okay, I wish you all the best. And I hope you have a new, happy new year. Bye. Visit divorcingadults.com, store.divorcingadults.com. Follow on podcasting platforms, subscribe on Rumble and YouTube, follow on Twitter and LinkedIn.